of Kingdom Conversations with Lundzine Lee. I'm in that title. I'm Pastor Lundzine Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship, which is in Manteca, California. And it is my honor to be here uh, to have this conversation, not just with you, but with this very special guest. What I want you to know is that a Kingdom Conversation is very different from a regular conversation because of the content and the relevance that it will have in your own life. And I'm excited today. I'll tell you things about myself throughout our journey. And so there's all kinds of cool stuff that you'll get to learn about me and I'll learn about myself. But I'm very excited about my very first guest because if it were not for her, I would not be here. And I mean that literally because I was birthed into the earth by this woman. Then later in years to follow, I was birthed into the kingdom of God through this woman. And then as I moved on and things continued on, I was birthed into the ministry by this mentored by her, taught by her, loved by her, chastised by her. And I don't want to talk any more about her. I'd like for you to meet her and welcome her. So without any further ado, my apostle, my mother, and she is my friend, though I'm not actually hers, <laughs> apostle Dr. Baker J. Baker. <laughs> Hi. Hi, mommy. I'm going to say that just once. And then really I want to talk to the apostle. And I want to welcome you and thank you so much for being the first guest. And also, I want to thank you for having me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes, you did. So gonna, before we go into a lot of the stuff, I know people don't know you like I know you. And I have that privilege of, of uh, well, we have stories that we're not going to tell. But I do have the honor of knowing different sides and aspects of your character. I've been allowed to witness, and I'm a testimony that the things that you say about yourself are true. But what I would like for you to do is just to go ahead and briefly uh, give us an overview and introduce yourself to those that are maybe new to you. Okay. Um, as she said, I'm her mother. She's my biologicals. And, um, you know, back then it wasn't that I desire, you know, many people desire to have children. That was not one of my desires. And in fact, uh, I am thankful to God every day that abortion was not legal during that time because she would not be here. I would have aborted her and any of others that I, I might have gotten pregnant with. So I thank God for that. Um, I'm uh, a doctor in psychology. I'm, um, my ascension gift is that of an apostle. And I teach, I preach, I, my whole desire, my whole life is really about finding people, allowing God to bring people to me and finding them, finding out what's in them and pulling it out to release them into the earth. So my life is about others. It's, it's not about me, but it's about my yieldingness, about my living in the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and then walking in the fear of the Lord, and walking with and living in, with the mind of Christ. And my desire, my only desire is this, is that you see the Messiah, you see Christ in me, that you see Christ rather than seeing me. And, um, you know, that's, that's about it. Okay. I like it. And you know what? It's kind of funny because being in ministry with you, 
and alongside of you is very interesting, especially as you said, because that is your desire towards other people. And I, out of all of your children, I am currently the only, uh, let's say, biological one that is in ministry with you. It's biologicals, biologicals. <laughs> biologicals okay of the many that you birthed okay mm -hmm. i am i have the honor of being the firstborn of many brethren how about that okay mm -hmm. and i know that the children as i like to refer to them had issues with you being so available to others because we were very selfish and wanted <laughs> to help you so uh, can you speak on that and how you had to deal with your children in your, your the biologicals of many and, and the spirituals too, because they all wanted exclusivity with you still do some of them. You know, it, it's an interesting thing because when you find out who you are and why you are, even when I was in the, the world, I knew that my life was not about my, not about me. Mm -hmm. That there were people that did not have the privilege of having someone to care for them. So after I had you, my whole life was already messed up or my life was already where I had babies. So it didn't matter how many kids I had. So, you know, whatever ones came along or whatever it was, it was fine. And, um, you know, uh, I'm really glad that I had you guys because you really saved my life. I mean, I probably would not have lived very long if I had not had you. So I did not call you illegitimate. I did not call you a bastard. I did not call you any of those things. I knew that it was me that was illegitimate because what it was that I was doing was wrong, period. You came out right. You came out because God had a desire for you to be in this earth. And you actually were the prettiest. The only baby that I had was pretty. The rest of them was very ugly. I mean, they were ugly, physically ugly. And, um, you know, not not showing them to anybody for a little you know they're fine and gorgeous today but they did not start out that way but at any rate uh all the kids in the neighborhood all of the kid all of the people that came to me any that did not have parents or that had uh did not have food did not have clothing did not have those things they found their way to me mm -hmm. and it was uh my rules my way and uh they understood that and mm -hmm. Many of them today are are doing very well. So my life has always been about about that. It was always to release whatever it was that I had to be able to love and loving unconditionally. And so your sister and your brother and your other sister and your other brother, uh, they didn't like that. In fact, when I would go away and do things for others, they'd say, you're our mother. You're not. Heirs. And I said, who gave you the right to choose whose mother I am? So, you know, I had to, to deal with them. And I don't suggest that you deal with it the same way. But today they understand. Today they understand a lot more. So, yeah, that's <laughs> all the stories, but I, I won't go into those. And I, I want to say this because I've introduced you as a mother. You're also, a, um, for me, you're a mentor and you're the mentor for a number of other people as well. And so let's shift gears a little bit. We'll kind of come back to that. But why don't you explain, because you are an apostle, you have walked, I think, in all of the five giftings of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. But why don't you, uh, we want to talk a little bit about Metron and territory. I hear you talk about those things a lot, especially in the 5 a.m. prayer calls. But what would you say in terms of Metron's territory and authority that you see as 
maybe a lack of knowledge for many in the body of Christ. We don't have a clear understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things of it is, is that I believe this. I uh, and uh, if I if I really go into this, then I will start to get on the the fear of the Lord and what it is that people have desired and what it is that people do. Yes. Um, the fear of the Lord or the spirit of the fear of the Lord it brings forth wisdom, mm-hmm. and wisdoms mean that we can uh, we can't possess wisdom if we don't have the fear of the Lord. If we don't realize who we were created in the image. Uh, we were created in his image. He was not created in ours. And so I really believe that the biggest problem with the body is that people want to create God and their image. And it be that he is after them. You hear them saying, well, if a God would do this, then then he is no God. That's sitting there. That, that's a person that is not only ignorant and 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 foolish, but they have no understanding. They have no wisdom, no fear of the Lord. People, want, I wrote this down. People want to make God to be like, uh, like them and behave like them. Otherwise, God is wrong. And this is because they have no fear, no understanding of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. You you hear this constantly. Well, you know, I believe that God is saying this. I believe that God is doing this. I believe this as if it was all about uh, uh, God doing things for us. But, um, you know, in the word of God, it talks about the fact that we are to worship him. I talked to someone. I'm not trying to take up all your time, but I, I talked to someone today and they were talking about when I keep talking about worshiping God, worshiping God, worshiping God. I can actually go a whole prayer without thinking about me. I can actually worship God, praise God, have him be the focus. And they said this used to make them mad to say, God, is it all about you? And um, they began to understand what it is that I was doing, what it is that's going on, and, 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 and that we are made in his image and after his likeness, and we don't know who he is. We, uh, that, that's the biggest problem in the body of Christ, because it's keep trying to compare with this pastor, this person, this past, this thing, rather than looking at who he is. And when you start to look at him, then you start to walk in the real spirit of the fear of who he is. So anyway, you get me started on that. I'll go forever and just rattle all through your program, but go ahead. I love it because you do have a book coming out uh, preferably by the end of this month, uh, definitely within the next few weeks on this topic, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So I'm going to ask another question about that in a minute. But what I do understand you also saying, because you're talking about that same thing, it's still Metron and authority and it's still uh, territory. And so you just talked about how that first Metron of authority is within ourselves and that if we don't have that, then we're never going to be effective governing anything else that we, regardless of gifting, regardless of calling. And I believe that that's a it's an elementary lesson that a lot of us seem to think that we skip that class. Uh, we I, it's people say, well, I don't know where they were when we were handing this out. It's like, well, you were probably hiding because you didn't want to hear the message. And I think it's essential. And it seems that to me that even with the fact that you've written this book, we uh, bringing forth this book again, that it was necessary because too many of us are not not as effective in ministry as we could be because we 
overlook this, the spirit of the fear of the Lord or think it's a great concept, but it's not really necessary. Now you've talked about that. And so let's continue with that. You talk about the spirit of the fear of the Lord as a person and not a thing. Can you tell us more about that? Okay. One of the things of it is, is that in the very beginning, he says, um, let's make man, Father, Son, Holy Spirit said, let's make mankind, let's make them in our image and after our likeness. So there is an awe, there is a respect, there is, the first thing you have to do is understand, let, let me read this to you. Okay. In uh, realizing, uh, in, in the basics of teaching, in the basics of understanding, we, we realize that the word fear can mean a whole lot of things, but we want to, we want to discard the God, as they call it, of the Old Testament. My Bible tells me he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And many people are on this buddy system. And it, it, it's like this first name basis, this buddy system, and they think that this is the only relationship. But fear, uh, uh, it can refer to terror. It can refer to frightening situations, as in Deuteronomy 2, 225. It can mean respect in a way that servants fear their master and serve them faithfully, like in Joshua 24, 14. Fear can also denote or mean the reverence or the awe of a person and feels that and senses that and the presence of being in the presence of greatness. I think we have forgotten that Isaiah 6 and 5, the fear of the Lord is a combination of all of these things. And when you walk in the spirit of who he is in you, you walk in that awe, that terror, not a bad terror, but it's like one of these things that I'm in, I'm in the midst of greatness. I'm in the midst something that is so much greater than I am. I'm in the midst and he's in the midst of me. And this is almighty God. And we seem to forget this because God is my buddy. God is my friend. God is my hangout thing. God is my, God is my ace, boom, coon, whatever that means. You know, God is all of this. And they forget it's God, God, God. But he says, Lord, he says, the spirit of the fear of the owner, the spirit of the fear of the creator, the spirit of the fear of who he is lives on the inside of me. So how can I not? How can, if we had that spirit, if we walked in that spirit, we wouldn't be walking and jumping in somebody's bed and doing the do. We wouldn't be doing, we wouldn't be ripping people off. We wouldn't be stealing. We wouldn't be trying to hook a crook. We wouldn't be trying to hide the, find the easiest way out. We would walk through whatever it is because we would know that he loves us. Yes, I agree. I love that. And you, to me, you're talking about ignorant familiarity. <laughs> we are familiar with him in ignorance of who he Do is. Do I have something beeping or? Probably, I don't hear it. Okay. Um, but I, I think it is that thing of being ignorant of who he is, never being familiar with something with a figment of your imagination. And I can remember scriptures where they thought that God was a certain way. I think of David and the ark and how it is that he had expectation that they could just carry the ark of the covenant the way the Philistines did and put it on a cart. And then when Uzzah died, David got the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and it came on him big time. And I believe that that's the 
same type of thing we see in 21st century ministry that many people, their idea of God, they get mad at God because the God of their mind and the God of their imagination, who they're not afraid of because he's a pet or a homie, as you said, or he's a servant that they send out, God, go and get this for me. God, go and get that for me. And what kind of warning would you want to give to us? Because that that kind of ignorance can get you dead. So, um, you know, what kind of things would you say to even fellow apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Something that ministers need to understand so that we have that in the messages that we deliver <laughs> release to the people. Well, first thing I, I think that we need to do is to stop being afraid of each other. Okay. See, I don't really care what you think about me. Your thoughts about me is as worth, well, I'm not going to tell you what it's worth. <laughs> okay. I flush those. Why is that? Because my caring about him and what he thinks about me, I want to know. He says his thoughts about me are, 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 are good. They have a purpose. And as I go through these things, I want to be able to keep my thoughts on him and recognizing this, that he is the one that 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 is guiding me through this he is the one that almighty god that he is my owner ain't no man on this earth my owner it doesn't matter whether it would be my husband it doesn't matter whether it you husbands whether it would be your wives it does not matter nobody owns you but him and when we recognize this that the creator he created me he made me I was in him before the foundations of the earth, that he, I was his idea. And since I'm his idea, he has a plan for me. He has a purpose for me. He has this. And we walk around. Stop Stop uh, uh, lusting after being an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. There are more people lusting after that. Oh, I want to be this. God told me I was this. God told me I was this. You haven't even heard God. <laughs> It doesn't matter. If God told you you're something, there will come a time when God will make sure that everybody sees it or those that are necessary to be able to see it. So quit seeking after your own pleasures, your own way. God, what pleasures you? What pleasures you in me? And I, I really think we need to change our focus. Our focus has been on that. You know, I teach about the the kingdom, the, the kingdom prosperity, the kingdom riches, and the purpose of the kingdom wealth. Well, until we get our eyes fixed on him, then all of these things are going to be idols. We have idolized the wrong thing. And I, I, I think that it just needs to be a regrouping. Well, I'm deep in God. I can exegete, regete, I can, 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 uh, uh, Constrapulate, instrapulate all of these big things. I can do all of this with the word, but yet your life is crumbling. Wow. You hide it. Yeah. It's hidden. Yes. It's not hidden in him. Right. I, I, I think that many, many people that are searching to be, there are more baby apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, more ascension gifts that have been premature in coming forth. Why? Because they can't handle nothing. Ooh, going through it. Going through what? You haven't even entered into anything yet. But a little fire. You know, I look at my at your brother, my son, mm -hmm. who went, who had a, 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 a propane explosion. He had 
degree burns in one leg and third degree burns in the other. And his legs was like little, little toothpicks in the first place, little skinny little legs, you know. But here it is. He smelled himself burning. He smelled himself going through all that. But he went through it. And when he got up, they said he cannot live through this. This is a person that cannot live. But he decided he was going to live. And the day that he called me crying, mommy, 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 he's 56, 57, 58. I don't know how old he is. He's, he's uh, in his 50 somewhere anyway uh, the day that he called me mommy mommy i can't handle this anymore i said shut up i pray over you and this is what god is going to do and he's living like a junkyard dog he's not living like somebody that was in christ this is not what he was doing this is not how he was doing it right anyway but he got through that he got through that he lived through that and he got out and he told them i don't want your oxycodone i don't want your this i've been i've been i've been uh i've had all of that stuff in my life give me some tylenol he got out of that hospital in record time supernatural stuff happening to him oh no but he went through it yes he did a little burn on my forehead from a, a curler. I mean, on that line, I'm thinking, oh my God, this burns, this hurts. And this is the way people go through stuff in God. They don't recognize that going through things as an apostle, as a as walking as a prophet, as walking as uh, uh, the, the kingdom of God in me, there is stuff that I go through, but I know that his word says that there is nothing that will happen in my life that he has not already made in me the ability to be able to go through it and go through it with joy. I think that is so good. And one of the points about your son, my brother, is the fact <laughs> that... Um, one of the biologicals. Yes, one of the biologicals. Um, one of the things that I remember, because, I because of course, I watched him go through all of this and um, being in the house with him and all the rest of it, he was in a lot of pain. He was doing, but he refused. <laughs> the day that he decided, remember, he walked out of the hospital before the time and they didn't know what to do with him, but he just felt like, like you, I think, if I stay in here too long, these people are going to kill me. And he needed to come out. So he came out prematurely, a lot of drama. They had to put, they let him back in. The favor of God was at work in his life. But the thing, the point that I noticed about him is he exercises so much faith in what you said that God said. So this is a person that receives from a mentor, receives apostolically, even though he at the moment is not living that way. But when he gets the word of the Lord from you or from what I'm going to say, a trusted minister, he acts upon it without question. And I mean, he can have whatever other attitude he wants to have, but he walks in the spirit of the fear of the Lord in that one area. If my mama said it, then she got it from God. She didn't get it on her own. And because my mama got it from God, uh, I'm going to do what God said because of my mama or something to that. And I even remember him being here. And even the first day, supposed to be in a wheelchair, he disappeared. He called me to say, can you come pick me up? He's five blocks down the road it's like boy how did you get there you know he pushed his wheelchair and then got tired <laughs> so he couldn't get back and I had to go get him and it was like constantly trying to walk falling on the porch neighbors are coming to pick him up and restore him why because he got a word that it would be well with him and he started moving in it even prematurely, but he pushed it forward and pushed the time so that that manifestation, it, you know, it, be, it, it, it's, it began because he was immediately pulling. 
And I think that that's what you're saying. So this last part in our last few minutes, because I do regard you as a mentor. And I remember giving you a card years ago as uh, with a mama bear and a little bear following behind in the footsteps. And I didn't like you very much and you didn't care for me either. But I was like, I don't like you. You don't like me, but I'm still going to follow you. So it was just kind of like, why? Because I think it's like Peter said, because I know that you've got the words of life. You have what I need. I don't like the way you do things. I don't like the way I'm treated. I don't like the way I feel. All the feelings, feelings, nothing more than feeling stuff. But I saw the integrity of the walk. I, I watched, I got the opportunity to watch you fight, to watch you go through the struggles to give up alcohol, to give up lying, to give up the things that that were a natural part of our lives before Jesus. And you, so there was a testimony there. And so in this last minute, can you tell, and we'll pick up next week. I'd like to kind of continue this, but in this last moment, can you just talk a little bit about or introduce us to the idea of being a mentor for many, including those that you don't even know are watching you yet? Okay, <clears throat> here's one of the things what you said was pregnant. You see, the whole thing of it is, is this. You didn't like me and um, uh, the, because you didn't like the things about me. I did not do things according to the way that you thought they should be done. That's why you had to leave my house. That's right. <clears throat> you know, the, the, the fact of it is, is this. This is the way people treat God. Mm. See, God is not operating the way that I think God should operate because I have made him into my image and he is to manifest my likeness, not me to manifest his. And as he manifests my likeness, then I can go ahead and I can tell others how good God is. But until then, I can't tell God how good I can't tell people how good God is. You see, a true father and, and I am that, a true father, a true mentor, a true person that speaks into your life really does not care how you feel about them because it's their life that's at stake. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, it's not that. I am not to make a, a, a thing so palatable for you that you don't have a struggle. Everybody has to struggle. If you don't struggle when you get to a position, then you're not going to have the integrity and in how you struggle through it, how you go through what you go through. If you go through it in, in, in integrity or if you go through it in the easiest manner, then you're not, if you go through it by hooking and crooking, doing things in the easiest manner, you're not going to be able to stand in that final moment. So my job is to help you to be able to stand. And if I can't help you to do that, I'm useless to you, just like you make God useless to you. And I know you only have a couple of more seconds, so go for it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you get to come back next week. And we're going to continue and I want to, we're going to pick up on that. So thank you so much, mom, for being with us today. I really appreciate it. I'm the first one. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to speak to those of you that I've seen your comments and you're saying go mama Baker and all of this other great stuff. And I'm really appreciative of the support and the, um, uh, 
the excitement. But if you have questions, go ahead and post them because as we see them, we want to share them. And what I want to say, again, this is, program is called Kingdom Conversations with Lunzine Lee. I purposely did not put pastor on there because these are conversations about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the kingdom of God. This woman of God taught me Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when we come back next time, we'll pick up with her, not just a conversation, a kingdom conversation. See you next time. Thank you.